Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Rizzo drives one in the air, deep right field, back toward the corner, it's got a chance, gone! Three-run homer, Anthony Rizzo, Cubs lead 3 to nothing, And the 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, strike three. Fastball got him. Here's a swing and a pop-up, it's going to be a shutout for Kyle Hendricks. Daniel Descalso is there, he's got it! Kyle Hendricks goes all the way and shuts out the Cardinals by a score of four to nothing. I walked into Tewksbury on the way, and I thought Bobby might have had one of those along the way. Um, yeah, it just doesn't happen. Their game plan obviously was to swing early, and he didn't walk anybody. That was the big thing. No walks. We caught the ball. KB had a really nice game at third base too. Uh, Jason in center field, a couple plays. Descalso, uh, Hobby to his left. We played our defense, which we got to do. We pitched and played our defense like we, we needed to. Uh, Kyle was wonderful. A few of the times I looked up and I noticed it was just really low. I didn't know what the exact number was, but I knew it was low. And also, I just Willie and I did a really good job of recognizing how aggressive they were early, even to start the game. So once we made good pitches within the first two of the at-bat, um, you know, they kind of kept being aggressive, and we just were able to take advantage of it. Just besides finding a kicker, right, and being able to see what they can do in practice, we want to be able to see as much as we can in game situations how they handle that too. Because it's one thing to be able to go over and bang eight for eight when it doesn't really matter, but what about when it matters? You know, that's what we're trying to figure out too because we have, we have young kickers that don't have a lot of experience, so we got to create that. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago, the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the Never name heard before yet. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, do you want to come back? And it was an emphatic no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny. Because we're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. With a duck duck here and a quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. Lido. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
It's a master's course in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Messmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR. 670 the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Saturday Suck at Joe, 1106. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. I'm Steve Rosenblum. In for Matt He's David Schuster. He's in for Matt Spiegel. He's in for Mike Esposito. Who's in for Mark Rohde. He's in for Jordan Burnfield. He's in for... Well, we're all in for Dave Baum, the radio legend and chat champ. And coming in, you heard stuff, including... And what a great day to have David Schuster here. <laughs> What a great day. What a for dichotomy s- yesterday. For so many reasons. The shortest baseball game, and he's going to complain it was too short. But this is Star Wars Day. Yes. Our movie guy, may the fourth be with you, and you're here. And we heard Star Wars theme and Chewbacca, the week that Chewbacca, Chewie dies. <laughs> <laughs> and David Schuster lives as a co-host. It's kismet. Um, first of all, I think you have to cut, re, you know, cut the open back again because I am sitting in for Matt Spiegel. So I think you're going to have to redo that. That's one. right. But yeah, Kyle Hendricks. Oh my God, he's he's now on my list of saying I love you to another male part of the population. Wow. So how many uh, Michael Jordans on that list? Which which males are on that list? Well, eh? Mark Burley. Every time he pitched a sub two hour game. There you go, Maddox. Maddox did it. Hendricks threw a Maddox. Yeah, he threw there's a some Maddox. people who didn't know what a Maddox was. Uh, it's when you throw a complete game with under 100 pitches. Mm-hmm. And he was far. It's so ironic because John Lieber was there yesterday, and he threw a complete game, Maddox, if you will, on 78 pitches. And I well remember that game as well. That, Carl, that, that is the Of 81 pitches or fewer in Cubs history, uh, the, the complete game shutouts, your list is Kyle Hendricks and John Lieber. And the other guys, including Greg, Greg Maddox has... 13 Maddoxes, 13 games in which under 100 pitches, nine inning, complete game shutout. But as far as 81 pitches that Kyle Hendricks threw yesterday, it was unbelievable. That was pitching porn. (laughs) Carlos Zambrano was in attendance yesterday also, and I do believe he had a Maddox also. I think he did one with 100 pitches exactly. So I don't know if that technically is a Maddox or not. I don't know if it's under or 100 or under. I'm not sure. Anyway, he was in attendance yesterday. Uh, More often than not, he did not have a complete game with 100 pitches or less. 98. 98 pitches? Carlos Zambrano okay. threw 98 pitches, um, so he got his Maddox. And so those are those are basically, that's the extent of it. But here's something really good. If you're talking about 81 pitches or fewer in a nine-inning game since 1988, this is uh, according to Matthew Trueblood of Baseball Prospectus, 
1990, Kevin Brown, Bob Tewksbury, now the Cubs mental skills coach, as Joe Madden said, Tewksbury might have had one of those, and he did, and Doug Drabeck. And then that didn't happen again, right? Welcome steroid era. That didn't happen again until 2001 when John Lieber did it. You know, it's it's really interesting because we were looking up at the scoreboard. He had 15 pitches after two innings. Now, usually that's two batters in the first inning for most pitchers. Yeah, after, that's one for you, you Darvish. <laughs> after six innings yesterday, he was at 54 pitches. And obviously, if you do your math, that's nine pitches an inning. Most pitchers nowadays, that's math. two. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, you can you can use your calculator. Right. Um, most pitchers, 54 pitches nowadays. That's two innings, maybe three at the most. What a blessing it was, and and not so much because it was a quick game. It was a crisp, quick game. There's a difference. I mean, there there you know it was just the defense was on it. You know, was ready for all. You know, and there was some nice defensive plays. By the way, Chris Bryant made some nice defensive mm-hmm. plays. Javi. Um, Javier Baez with that rocket of an arm made a nice you know play, and that's why he can never move Jay from shortstop. Made some, made he some made a nice play in center field. And, yeah. So you know when a pitcher does quick pitch quick and listen the Cardinals also played into it because they were swinging at first pitches they made it easy mm-hmm. it just helps everything out so you know god bless Kyle Hendricks yesterday by the way this hour brought to you by suits 2020 206 texter this show could use a mental skills coach you know what <laughs> you're right when you suck though and you admit it the first step is admitting you have a problem and our problem is that we suck and and your problem radio your audience is that it goes for an extra half hour today We'll be on from uh, 11 o'clock till 2.30, taking you up to Cubs baseball, Cubs pregame, Zach Zaidman. He's never he's never relished a warm-up uh, a, a warm show more than ours, and that's what we're going to be doing today. Uh, the text line is 67011, and we welcome your texts. Our phone number is 312-644-6767. I don't normally give that out. Because I just don't think, I think we suck so much, nobody wants to call us. But we're going to need help from people. This is another great reason that David Schuster is here. Because yesterday, the Bulls showed just how much they hate their fans. They hate their fans by signing Jim Boylan, the exact wrong coach, to an extension. So they stand firmly behind a guy who doesn't understand modern basketball. They stand firmly behind a guy, John Paxson. Who, by the way, let me remind you, he stood firmly behind the hiring of Fred Hoiberg and his, basically his volleyball way of playing basketball. The ball doesn't hit the floor. Keep the ball moving. Get it, move it, get it, move it, get it, move it, and shoot from the outside. And then he never got Fred Hoiberg, the guys, to play that game. But now, Jim Boylan, who thinks that Robin Lopez is Tim Duncan and wants to play inside out, or maybe he thinks he's Bill Cartwright, that would be more that John Paxson could understand this kind of low post game. And and Jim Jim Boylan wants to play 1970s, 1980s basketball. And John Paxson is firmly behind the way he wants to play this game. So he'll give them Fred Hoiberg's players, which would be the exact wrong way to play this. You see the problem here, David. Here's here's my problem with everything. I just don't still understand the timing of any of this. 
Listen, if they wanted to sign Jim Boylan, it's a whole other layer of bulls there. Well, but help me, help anybody. Three one two six four four sixty seven sixty seven. Please call in. Why do the bulls hate you? That's our question. Why did they sign him to an extension now? He was under contract for the entire upcoming season. Mm-hmm. When he was elevated to the head coach, he had that time frame still remaining on his deal. He went from assistant to head coach. I think at the time there was no elevation of salary. Now, obviously, there is. But and there was no interim tag either. There they was no they in- made it clear. Right. Okay, so he was just finishing out what his contract was. So he would have gone into this upcoming season if they did not give him an extension as, okay, a lame duck coach. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a manager on the north side of town right now who's gone into this season as a lame duck manager who has averaged well over 90 wins a season, who's got a world championship under his belt, who's been in the playoffs the last, what, four years, three of them in the NLCS. They didn't deem to give him a contract extension. Mm -hmm. Why did the Bulls? The Bulls did not have to do this. They could have easily, easily started this upcoming season, even if they liked Jim Boylan. They could have waited until December, January. They could have seen how this was all going. They could have seen what they you know, were going to do in the draft. They get a Zion Williamson. They don't get a Zion Williamson. They could have seen what they did in free agency, signing whatever. They didn't have to sign him to this extension. I, I don't understand the timing, and I don't understand what they're trying to prove, not only to their fan base, but to their players as well, because many coaches and managers, again, look at Joe Madden, go into seasons as lame ducks, and they prove themselves. So help me to understand that because I do not. Okay, I think the Bulls um, don't realize what a clown show they are. They're a clown college. I don't think they realize that. They think they're they're acting firmly, wonderfully, respected, with, with great respect, and they're not. And here's why they did that, I believe, is because Jim Boylan is a nobody who is never going to hire anybody to sit on his bench with him. They had to give him that kind of contract. They had to do it now. He can't hire anybody. There's nobody he wants to hire who would come here because it all looks short-term and it is it is ham-handed the way they've done this. He's a wrong coach for this this era's NBA. And the Bulls are standing firmly behind him to the point where they want the wrong coach for this NBA to hire his to make his choices for assistant coaches. So this just gets, this is layers of stupidity here. That's why they did this. Well, they talk They talk about now he's got the freedom to go out and, and upgrade his assistant coaching staff. Right. That's great. That's great. I want, I want the guy who thinks you're going to play basketball inside picking assistant coaches. And I think that's, and and your your general manager and Pax is the general manager. So your the head of your basketball operations is a guy who didn't who fired the last coach after never giving him the the entire roster that he said he needed and that Pax said he should have. But tough, we're going to fire him anyways. And now this is the guy who is telling you that Jim Boylan. There's no reason to believe John Paxson anymore. I always thought he told the truth. Maybe this is his truth. He's delirious. This is not the guy. Now, what if they get, what if they get with the first or second pick next week? Well, that's that's another question. Do you want Jim Boylan coaching Zion Williamson or John Morant? <laughs> I, I don't want him coaching them. If they, if he's just going to let him play basketball, that's fine. 
John Morant could play basketball. J- John Morant looks like the greatest ad libber there is. That that if you have Jim Boylan as coach, you're better off not getting Zion Williamson. Because then you have at least a point guard is just going to do what he thinks a point guard should do. He's he's he doesn't need a coach, and he certainly doesn't need Jim Boylan. No, he needs a coach. I'm sorry, uh, especially if they get well, either one, and no matter who they pick, they, you know you got to coach them no matter how talented they are once they reach the NBA level because it's just a whole different ball game. Is Boylan the guy you want coaching? Two, one of the top two draft picks. He's got a multi. Ball handler system. And then you're going to draft the guy who's excellent when he has the ball well, then in better, John Morant. Yeah, so better, how's that going to work? Uh, you better change on the fly because I'm a big believer that you mold your offense, defense, whatever, around your players as opposed to the other way around. If you get John Morant, who sure looks like a surefire hit as a point guard talent, mm-hmm. You better have somebody on your bench, if it's not the head coach, somebody else, and I don't think that somebody else is there right now, who's going to be able to coach him the way he needs to be coached in the NBA to take advantage of all the talents that I think that he has inside of him. So, we'll see. This just looks awful. And here, to back up your point, your back up your question, which makes your point about why now, especially with this guy, Cody Westerland tweeted out stuff, some some numbers, just to make sure we all realize how stupid this is. Under Jim Boylan, they went 17 and 41 after it took over December 3rd. So from that date on, they were 28th in offensive rating. This is with a really good stretch in February, 28th in offensive rating. And Jim Boylan was going to make them hustle and play defense, and they're going to get better, and they're going to get tougher. They were 27th in defensive rating under Jim Boylan. In net rating, they were minus 7.9. And they were last in three points attempted per game, which is the game in the NBA now. He's encouraged not to coach it by John Paxson. They're all endorsed by whatever random Reinsdorfs have a say. Bulls fans, I'm asking you again. I'm asking you, why do the Bulls hate you? We, David and I don't know. We think you've been really good fans. And basically, part of it is you have been good fans. You keep filling up the United Center. There's no reason for them to spend money on a coach. There's no reason for them to change anything. There's no reason for the Bulls to have any vision. So John Paxson, we're talking 16 years on the job and zero appearances in the NBA Finals, replacing a guy who got fired after 18 years on the job and six NBA titles, 312-644-6767. Bryson on the south side. Welcome to the score. Hey, what's up, gentlemen? Well, Saturday suckage is what's up. That's why we're talking about the Bulls. Do you have an answer for us? Why do the Bulls hate you? You know, uh, it's funny because I'm listening to you guys, and I'm thinking about John Paxson and Gar and even Jerry. And I'm like, man, all these guys are standing on the shoulders of Michael Jordan and everything that that those Bulls teams built. You know, John Paxson has no championship to account for himself, and and neither does Gar Foreman. And then when I look at Boylan, I remember watching the Spurs bench and and seeing him on that bench with Popovich. And I remember when the Bulls hired him, I said, he's going to be the next Bulls head coach. And I I just knew it because there's no way they're going to keep an assistant with the with the 
pedigree coming from Popovich on that position. So I, all along, I kind of knew Hoiberg was not going to be a long-term decision. So it was just confusing because during uh, going to the end of the season, everybody, oh, the Bulls are making good moves, all the John Paxson. You know, and it's still a stench, though. It's still a stink of unsuccess and failure. And just listening to you guys, it just reminded me of it. And, and I just, I don't know, I had to call in, man. But I already knew Jim Boylan was going to be the coach. I don't understand their logic in extending him. Uh, and then you said, do you want the one or number one or number two or number three pick? Like Being coached by him? Co- co- oh, my God. And this is like, oh, snap. What did we get ourselves into? <laughs> we got an oh snap on this show, Bryson. Thanks. You know, we hope we've helped with therapy. We hope you're you by being able to vomit up all your disbelief in a basketball team. We hope we're able to solve why they hate you. So thank you very much. Hey Rosie, can I throw one more thing into the oh, equation every, here? Everything you want. And by the way, Peoria Matt texted in that he 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 wouldn't want did I have that right? He wouldn't want Jim Boylan to coach Jack Haley. Nice. Boom. The timing of, of the announcement yesterday was yeah. so typical. Friday news dump. Friday late afternoon, mm-hmm. Cubs, Cardinals. We're embarrassed Sale, by this. White Sox, Bears with their kickers. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to the full parky. <laughs> and then the you know the Bulls thing comes out. So there there's uh there's no uh, there's no coincidence, and it came out at that time. They're embarrassed by it. They're embarrassed by it. They knew it. It was embarrassing. Okay, this isn't going to be received well. Bulls fans will know we we really hate them. And you know what? You keep following the United Center, you're going to keep getting this kind of this kind of stuff. The random Reinsdorf's in charge will just bless Pax and Pax and Gar can do what they want, and then Jim Boylan can have the wrong players to play his game, which is the wrong way to play the NBA. And I, I don't know, David. You're going to watch. I mean, you're you're going to watch this next year, and you're just. I, I got to say this though. If, underline if, they get one of those two players, they will be automatically better. Matter of fact, I will say that if they get either, especially Zion Williamson or John Morant, who I really believe is going to be a really good NBA player, Mm -hmm. you can tack on 10 wins to the Bulls total from this past season. So they'll make the playoffs? I don't know. Let's see. What were they overall this year? 20? No, I don't think 10 more wins. 22 wins? wins? Uh, 10 more will not get them into the playoffs. Why? that's only I thirty-two. Are that's thirty-two and fifty. Yeah, still not getting you into the playoffs. So it's the East. All mm-hmm. right. Well, um, wait. Let's do this. Mark, you're calling about the Blackhawks. I Why? am. Why? Well, I'll stick to the United Center theme. Um, hey, Rosie, just two quick questions. Who's to blame for three of the above-average players playing in the playoffs in a different uniform other than the Blackhawks? And then a question for David: What did uh, Pat Hughes mean by telling you to go away? I don't know. I didn't hear it. Oh. You didn't hear it. Mark, here, here's um, when you're, you know, you got Blackhawks all over the place. But Nick Letty wasn't here because it didn't, because Joel Quenville didn't really like the idea of a, a defenseman carrying the puck out of his own zone. He wanted everybody to throw, he wanted the defenseman to throw the home run pass. Tavo Teravainen was, it was bad luck that Brian Bickle got a concussion, got signed to a big contract in order to get rid of him, much like they had to get rid of Patrick Sharp's con- contract, they needed to throw in a young talent, a sweetener, as Rick Pitino described what Jerry Krause kept asking for, a sweetener. So Tavo was the sweetener to Carolina. I love the Caniacs. I am, I am an, I'm adopting myself as a Caniac. 
I love this bunch of jerks. I love the fact that their new jersey looks like on a hockey stick, there's two flags. It looks like a B for a bunch of jerks. And they are moving on and moving on. I just love that. And Tavo is a beautiful player to watch. The that's that's part of that's the way they the salary cap. That's what a salary cap forces you to do. Yeah, Panarin also playing incredible hockey. That was that was a really bad decision. So you you could blame in a lot of ways. You know, I think the Bickle thing was dumb luck. If you wanted to get rid of him, get rid of that contract, you were going to give up Tavo, and and the the Panarin thing, bad decision. Free they were agent. not going to have Hosa. They Brandon Sod has wildly underperformed. For a guy who was called Minihosa, you know, he's just, that's, he's, he's not been the guy they needed to be. And boy, the, the Blue Jackets and Panarin has been just wonderful to watch. All right. We have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll discuss the other clown college, which is Ryan Pace's kickers and the scene that they set up yesterday. And the answer it's like a firing squad. Wasn't any different. I think this is so spectacular. This is what Saturday suckage is all about. The Bulls with a news dump embarrassed by signing Jim Boylan. The the Bears with kickers who can't kick forty three yard field goals. Still it's wonderful. <laughs> Chris Sale, who sucked coming in, the only team he can beat is a team that could have been competing for the AL Central Championship if they hadn't mishandled the Manny Machado thing. It's just a wonderful... It's Saturday suckage. And we have some Wake and Bay Club news, because that's what we do here. Rosenblum and Schuster, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, David Schuster here, Saturday Suckage. Till 2.30, taking you up to Cubs baseball, Cubs and Los Cardinales, and we will be talking with uh, Derek Gold of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. You can find him at STL Today. That's their website. We'll be talking to him at 1.40. Covers the Cardinals, does a terrific job. And at 2 o'clock, Mark Grody. Uh, This used to be a show... He's not on this show anymore, but he will be on this show as we discuss Ryan Pace's kicker clown college. Why do I think every time the Bears kickers, I think of, you know, the scene out of the Peanuts thing where Charlie Brown is going up to kick the football and whoops. Lucy does that. But you don't have to. Lucy can just leave the ball there. And these guys. Still miss it. <laughs> okay, read that and we'll talk about that. And you've got thoughts. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this without laughing. Uh, the bottom of the hour brought to you by Northwestern Football. Don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field this fall as the Big Ten West champion Northwestern Wildcats. They host Ohio State, Michigan State, and more. Great schedule. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. Also brought to you by getonboardil.org. If you're stuck in traffic right now, Public transit could be a better choice. Make your voice heard at getonboardil.org. Tell your statewide elected officials to invest in transit. Get there faster. Better funding means better rides. Okay, so when last we saw the Bears try a kicking play in anger, it left everyone angry. As Cody Parkey hit the left upright, and then the crossbar was a double doink 
as it came to be known. <laughs> 43 yards away against the Eagles at Soldier Field, kicking north. And that was the end of the Bears season. Now, the value of a kicker would have been, say, making that kick and advancing in the playoffs. The value of a kicker would have gone back way earlier in the season. If this guy, kicking in weather far better than what he saw, felt, was surrounded by in Soldier Field, if he had done this in Miami, made that kick in overtime, the Bears wouldn't have had to play that game against the Eagles. That's they correct. would have had a bye. That's correct. So, Ryan Pace continues to suck when it comes to choosing kickers. In response to this, just to catch you up, the Bears have eight kickers at rookie minicamp, some of whom they've signed, some are just here to try out. If you and I want to go up there, they'll probably let us wander in and we just say we're kickers and they go, thank God somebody is. So yesterday, at the end of practice, the first rookie mini practice, and there were like 75 or 85 players there, right? There are a ton. Matt Nagy lines them all up at the like 50-yard line, 45-yard line, whatever it is, 50-yard line. Lines them all up. Guys over here, all right, give me the kickers. Set it down here. Center, holder, 43 yards away. And all, he goes, all right, I want to see what you guys got. They're facing north. It's 43 yards. And six of them missed. Six of the eight kickers. Was it not a coincidence that it was 43 yards? Not a coincidence. Um, That I don't know, but that was on purpose. Yeah. 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 Matt Nagy? He's got a sense of humor. I love him. Right. Six of the eight kickers that Ryan Pace has found. How did Blewett missed. do? How did Blewett do? He blew it. Of course. Redford Jones, which isn't a name of one of the Bears kickers, but it really sounds like a hedge fund. <laughs> Redford Jones hit the left upright just because it had to happen. So when news of this got out, and laughter ensued. <laughs> Olin Krutz tweeted, six guys scheduled for the Today Show. <laughs> that is wonderful. <laughs> He's got a sense of humor, too. Olin's tweeting can be as vicious as his fists and his game face. <laughs> so you're, you're looking at... We are the right show, Saturday Suckers, to talk about Ryan Pace's inability to get the kicker thing right. This is also, if you are holding grudges against John Fox, add this. This one lingers. This is the disease for which there is yet to be an antidote. He was the one whose special teams coach convinced him to cut Robbie Gold, and Fox went to work on Ryan Pace. Pace succeeded, and Robbie Gold was cut. And since then, the Bears have made only 76% of their field goals, and Robbie Gold has made about 95 96%. 82 of 85. You and I talked about this before the show started. Mm-hmm. Every year, there's always these poll questions. What are your five most you know, important players? Uh, not just the Bears, but every team. And every year, I don't care what team, and I don't care who the kicker is, I always put the kicker in that top five. Not because he's great, for any reason, but 
seemingly a kicker will win or lose one for sure, two maybe as many as three games each season. I think we saw that borne out here last year with the most important loss Mm -hmm. being in the postseason. So that's why I always put the kicker in the equation of one of the top five most important players for that reason alone. Now I'm going to take this a step further and ask you the question, and we'll also ask the class here. I'm not going to go back in history and, and talk too much about you know why Robbie Gold was let go. He was let go. That's as simple as that. And there was a financial aspect of the equation as well that goes without saying. And there would be, again, if they even considered going after him. So let's put that aside just for half a second here. If, you know, obviously he wants out of Frisco. Frisco's not going to let him go unless they get some kind of king's ransom for him, whether it's the Bears or anybody else. So I'm going to throw this question to you, Rosie, and the class. You're not going to give up a super high draft pick, obviously, for any kicker, much less Robbie Gold. But if, let's just say, if you thought that you were a Super Bowl contending team, which, they are. which, which I believe they are as oh, well, yeah. and you know you don't want to lose a game like you did last season because of an ineffective kicker who's got the doinks about him. and Got the doinks the, about him. If a team like Frisco wanted a draft pick, you know, they're going to want more than a seventh. They're going to want more than a sixth. They'll probably even want more than a fifth, although you can't go much higher for a kicker. But let's just say they, they demanded a fourth-round pick for Robbie Gold. This is a hypothetical. Would you, the Bears, and it doesn't have to be this upcoming draft, two drafts, three drafts, potentially down the road. Would you do that, Rosie, because this guy could put you over the top? Or any kicker could put you over the top. Well, they've already done that. So you're talking about a not a fifth-round draft choice next year, but the year after? Not in 2020, but in 2021? Sure, whatever. Would you give up a bottom yes. line? Is, would I you would give, give up a, a fourth-round pick so would I. for 2021. Because you might not be around it anyway. For, right. You'll be fired if you don't get this right. You'll be fired if you don't fulfill your Super Bowl window, probably. So you might not even be here, but... I would go to 2021 if they'll take it because a draft you give up a 2020 fourth round draft choice that's like giving up a 2021 fifth round draft choice it's devalued by a round I certainly would okay, I've I- got everything else I've I've got a quarterback on a rookie contract. The Bears are deep. Yes. I mean, a total kudos to Ryan Pace. He has built this roster up where it's deep. Now, they can still be even deeper, believe, you know, believe it or not, but he has done a good job. Minus the kicking department here. You and, can't minus it. Well, we are it for the time being. Now, again, I know there's a financial part of this equation here, and, and sometimes that's over my head, to be honest with you. But if you could put that aside and if you could get – I'm not even saying Robbie Gold. If you can get a very successful kicker, not some guy off the street like they've pulled four guys off the street yesterday to, you know, to round out the competition. But if you could get somebody who you had – confidence in could win you big games in the regular season and even more so in the playoffs. Would you not do that? Yes. I don't want them making the decision. Dan Weeder chronicled the embarrassment that is Ryan Pace's kicker clown college. And and I'll read you something from his piece because I think it's unfortunately revealing. Asked for a timeline for these current kickers or a structure for when and how to whittle things, Nagy shrugged. That's really great for us, he said. Quote, we start with a lot of kickers, and in the end, we end with one, right? So how are we going to do it? If a guy has a rough day, does he bounce back and have seven good days? Does he not? I don't know. Ryan, myself, Tabor, meaning special teams coach Tabor, 
all of us together, we've thought about it, but we're going to create a game plan as to how we want to evaluate it and make a decision in the end. Right now, there's no concrete answer. A lot of it's gray. Does that, that give what, you what any, does that mean? That gives me zero faith that for all that they've done right, they won't get this right. So I'd rather have somebody else who has made a decision on a kicker earlier, and that kicker has proven to be able to kick in this league, especially distance. Especially in Chicago. Bad weather, bad weather, yeah. Uh, that's I want some other established kicker because they can't do it. And there's an urgency here. The Bears need to be able to make everything Super Bowl quality now, especially with Matt, with with, with a, a quarterback on a rookie a, a rookie contract and everything else that they've done, every all the talent that they've surrounded them with. You you have to be able to capitalize now on the Seattle Seahawks. They did it with Russell Wilson on a rookie contract. 100%. I mean, again, kudos to Ryan Pace. He he took this franchise from garbage a few years ago to knocking on the door now. Super Bowl window now open. For how long? Who knows? Mm-hmm. So if that window is open now, and you never know what could happen, injuries, unfortunately, is the great equalizer, especially in the NFL. If the window is open you have to take every advantage of it and and fill in whatever small cracks that there are. You got to fill them in, mm-hmm. and you can't get guys off the street like they did yesterday to you know audition for you know an NFL kicking job. It's too damn important. Well, the the Bears did find Robbie Gold basically uh, Gold on the like what was he working a construction job or something? Or you know they they basically found him on the street, tried him out. And it worked, and it worked, and it worked, and that's and that's terrific. Um, sometimes it just comes down to dumb luck, but you have to do everything you can to eliminate dumb luck. Luck's not a plan. Luck is not a design. You can't afford it when you have so much. You have your quarterback. You have an intriguing new receiver weapon in Riley Ridley. And I say that not because he's going to take the top off anybody, but he's not particularly fast. They have receivers who do some some things or have particular traits so terrific. What Riley, Riley Ridley tells me is that there will be a, a whole new section of the playbook to be shown to everybody, especially opponents who won't know what's coming. And when a guy, they go out of their way to, to make sure they get this route runner then this guy is going to be a target. He's going to be where Trubisky knows he will be. That this is a part of the playbook that we haven't seen yet that will be vital in moving the chains and making other players better. So when you've, you're planning on doing this, you're planning on getting better. Remember, Negi said it takes three years to get this whole playbook in, so there's going to be a lot of crap that we haven't seen that opponents haven't seen. There's so much more to come, and you're going to leave it to a kicker that You've decided on? Wow. Let me ask you another question. Sure. Yesterday, <laughs> I'm still laughing. He lined up eight guys, six of them missed. That's right. At and as Olin Kruitz at- tweeted, <laughs> six people lined up to go on the Today Show. <laughs> Who did he do that for 
as much as anybody else. The coach planned this out. Now, he's got a great sense of humor. Uh-huh. Did he plan this so his general manager, his boss, can see that maybe this is really a, you know not only a comical situation, but sort of a dire situation as well, and sort of like saying, hey, Ryan, we need something much better than what I'm lining up here at the end of practice. <laughs> I mean, was that a message to his general manager? I, I'm half I'm half serious. See, you don't question. think he did it for his own knowledge? Well, that too. But I think he did it to to show the the import underscore the importance of it that this is this is your job. I've, now I sound like Donald Sutherland in Animal House as the English teacher. This is my job. Well, also, Tom Thibodeau, do your job, right? And I think that, that was part of it. You think he. You think he was trying to show up, not show up, but you think he was trying to send a message to Ryan Pace that Maybe. what? We got too many kickers and none well, of them were we, any good? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think he knew none of them were any good. Well, now you know more. It almost seems though if a kicker's available to the Bears, he's no good. The Bears will make the wrong decision. You think Won't they? You they think, have. Do you think he's going to do it again today at the end of practice? I mean, Grody will tell us at 2 o'clock. He should. Why wouldn't he? Sure. Yeah, it's still 43 yards. Still haven't... Still haven't convinced anybody you have the right guy there. I say if any of those guys miss it for the second day in a row, they get their walking papers. <laughs> They're out. Yeah. Out of Hallis Hall. Goodbye. Yeah. All right. Do we need to take a break, Zach? All right. We're going to take a break. And, uh, again, we'll talk with uh, we'll talk Cardinals baseball with Derek Gold of the – no relation to Robbie. It's not spelled the same, but I sort of pronounced it the same. So – We'll talk with him at 140. Grody will be here, too, after they've had yet day two of the rookie field goal kicking competition to see who can miss the most. We'll find out how many goal posts are hit. And uh, we'll take your calls on, A, again, why the Bulls hate you. They signed Jim Boylan to an extension. They underscored what laughing stocks they are. Why do the Bulls hate you? David Schuster and I are out of answers. 312 644 67-67. Saturday suckage, what better time to talk Bulls, Boylan, and Bears kickers. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in, welcome back. A couple minutes. Top of the hour, I'll have... I'll be back with something... That surprised me about Cubs and Los Cardinales and may surprise you too, David Schuster. And if not, you suck. Well, that's why you're here. Here, I want to give credit to the Cubs. Their Twitter account, they send out their lineup. Yeah. Right time. And it's on the scoreboard. But this comes with a headline, the North Side Versus the dark side. <laughs> so your lineup today. Playing into the Star Wars theme. Yep. Daniel Descalso at second base leading off. Chris Bryant. Right field. Right field. Batting second. Disco Tony Rizzo batting third hitting and playing first. Javi at short batting fourth. David Bodie. David Bodie at third base batting fifth. No surprise. Albert Almora Jr. Playing center field against Michael Waka. That's your right-handed pitcher, right? So Joe's putting him in there against a right-handed pitcher. Well, what's Isn't it? Isn't Michael Walker right-handed? 
Or, yeah, I think he is. Sure. Oh. Kyle Schwarber's in left, batting seventh. Taylor Davis is English for Wilson Contreras, Contreras today. And you Darvish will be on the mound. And Jason Hayward not in the lineup today. Am I wrong about this Michael Walker thing? Okay, why do I not? I'm so confused. All right. Is he left-handed or right-handed? This Michael Walker thing. Because that's really what it comes down to. I don't, I don't know. Waka, waka, waka. So we're trying to figure that out. And he... While, while you're figuring this out, Darren Ravel, who's a great follow on Twitter, uh-huh. get, just get some great information from him. He throws right. Um, yeah. Uh, Darren Ravel says the price of mint juleps, which is obviously you know important today because it's the running of the Kentucky Derby, in a glass nowadays uh, down in the, at the Derby is $15 for a small glass of a mint julep. Isn't that the price of a beer at Wrigley? <laughs> it might be. I don't know. All right, I got. Uh, how, you wanted to guess how much it was in 1938? A mint julep. Yeah, um, it's fifteen dollars today. Cents. No, actually, it was seventy-five cents back then. Wow. All right, so take away. We come back. I have two. I have some some things, some pieces, some notes, some stats, some some facts. I have true facts that I would not have believed. You might not believe them either, as regards the Cubs and Los Cardinales, or the North Side versus the Dark Side as they say that, and we have more Star Wars stuff. And uh, added to the schedule in about an hour, Jason Lucart. You might not know him, but you know his work. He invented the Maddox. He invented the the accomplishment that Kyle Hendricks ascended to yesterday, and we'll talk to him about that. And we will take a break and we'll come back and I have some stats that I just, I don't know. It surprises me. Maybe you too. Saturday suckage. And if it doesn't surprise you, we're just in keeping with Saturday suckage, Chicago sports radio, six seventy the score. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.